Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good morning. Our top story, a small plane with people inside trapped for hours in high voltage power lines. A harrowing and dangerous situation, but there is good news this morning. It is November 28th. This is today. Breaking overnight, risky rescue. A pilot and passenger pulled to safety from a plane dangling 100 feet in the air after crashing into power lines near Washington, D.C. The accident knocking out electricity to more than 100,000 customers. The dramatic and delicate operation to free them that unfolded overnight and how the survivors are doing this morning. Post-holiday rush, tens of millions returning home after Thanksgiving. Storms on the East Coast creating long delays at the nation's airports. We made sure that we left about three hours ahead of time. And on the roads, with more severe weather on the way, we'll have your full forecast. Plus, a closer look at the holiday shopping frenzy, with Cyber Monday already underway after a record-breaking Black Friday. Everything you need to know. Unprecedented protests. Demonstrations spreading across China and now reaching embassies around the world inside the rare show of defiance with demands to end harsh COVID restrictions and calls for the country's president to step down. New questions, few answers. The investigation into that mysterious quadruple murder in Idaho entering its third week, but still no arrests. And this morning, anxious students returning to campus after the long holiday break were live with the very latest. All that, plus laughing it off. Bring it in. Never thought of myself as a roast comic. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank Jay Leno back on the comedy stage overnight, just two weeks after suffering serious burns in a garage fire. Today, Monday, November 28th. 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Today. Thank you for being with us the Monday morning after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Still talking about holiday travel, though. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving, by the way? Lovely. And yours? Good. It was really, really good. But travel is on our agenda. The reason is the nasty weather. It affected so much of the country over the weekend. And by the way, right now, still causing delays. Here's a quick look inside Miami International this morning. As we said, there's more severe weather on the way, including a possible tornado outbreak in parts of the Gulf Coast and out in the Midwest. Meanwhile, let's talk shopping. It's Cyber Monday. Experts say this could be the biggest ever. Retailers expected to take in more than $11 billion on the heels of a Black Friday that saw records shattered to the tune of more than $9 billion. We've got it all covered coming up in just a bit. But we do want to start this morning with that incredible rescue overnight. A small plane crashed into high-tension power lines. It happened in Maryland. And the pilot and a passenger were trapped high above the ground for hours. NBC's Tom Costello made his way to the scene overnight. Tom, good morning. 
Yeah, good morning. Just an astonishing scene here. This happened at 5.30 yesterday afternoon, and when it happened, the lights in Montgomery County, Maryland, my own lights in my own home, flickered. Take a look at what's happening right now. Uh, they've now cleared that plane out of that massive tower there, but now they're trying to secure the tower and secure all of the electrical lines. Again, it happened at 5.30. They didn't get these two guys out of the plane and down to the ground for more than seven hours, and now they've got to determine why this happened in the first place. Danger and high drama more than 100 feet up in the Maryland suburbs outside of D.C. after a small plane crashed into high-voltage power lines, leaving the pilot and a passenger hanging precariously 10 stories up. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It looks like a scene out of a movie. Emergency crews in Montgomery County, Maryland, worked through the night, not only making sure the power was off, but securing the plane so it did not fall during the rescue operation. Number one priority is getting the bucket trucks up and getting the bonding and grounding secured and then the plane secured. After seven hours, they finally managed to get them down, taken to a local hospital suffering from hypothermia and injuries described as traumatic but not life-threatening. The plane departed from Westchester County Airport in New York Sunday before crashing into power lines near Gaithersburg, Maryland. It's not clear what caused the crash, but authorities say foggy conditions in the area impacted visibility and hampered the rescue operation. I did see the pilot stick his hand out the window, waving his hand up and down just to, I guess, signal that, yeah, there's somebody in there that's that's alive. The pilot, 65-year-old Patrick Merkel, and his passenger, 66-year-old Jan Williams, were unable to move for hours. Fortunately, they did have a working cell phone with them. We are still in regular contact with, with the folks in the aircraft. The crash initially knocked out electricity to roughly 120,000 people. In the early morning hours, the plane finally lowered down from its precarious perch. Now investigators from the NTSB and the FAA will work together to try to determine what exactly caused this crash. So what will investigators be looking at, Tom, to piece it together? By the way, this was a, a small single-engine plane that you saw there. It's a Mooney is the, is the name of the plane. They've got to be looking at whether fog played a role. The, mile, the airport that they were headed for is only a mile away, a small regional airport in Montgomery County. To what extent did the pilot perhaps get disoriented in the fog? Did he not see the power lines? Was there a mechanical issue? All of that will be part of this investigation. And by the way, because power was knocked out to 100,000-plus people here, the schools are still closed in Montgomery County today because they've got to go through and determine whether all of their schools and systems are up and operating safely before they reopen. Oh, what a night, but good to see that the passenger and the pilot were rescued, Tom. Thank you. All right, we've got another big story this morning. The return home for millions of people who traveled over the long holiday weekend. There have been some weather delays. The disruptions could have been, though, a lot worse at the nation's airports and on the roads. We're going to get to Dylan's forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Sam Brock joins us now from Miami International Airport. Hey, Sam, morning. Hoda, good morning. Look, we always knew that weather could be the X factor and a much calmer start right now on your Monday. Hoda, about 500 delays nationally. Compare that to 6,500 on Sunday. The worst airports across the country for delays were Newark, LaGuardia and DCA in Washington, D.C., all on the East Coast and all of them impacted by weather. The post-holiday travel exodus getting off to a very soggy start with rain and thunderstorms impacting millions of Americans just trying to get home after Thanksgiving.
We made sure that we left about three hours ahead of time. A Sunday soaker in the eastern half of the country met long airport lines on one of the busiest travel days of the year. There were less than 200 flights canceled, but more than 6,000 delayed. If we get out of here on time, we'll be lucky. Pack everything yesterday, wake these kids up right before go time, and jump in the car and get to coffee and go. This travel crunch, though, nothing like the airport misery that Americans experienced over the summer. This is certainly the biggest test for the airlines since that early summer period. I think you've seen airlines actually pass with flying colors when it comes to the Thanksgiving travel period. Of the more than 55 million people traveling this holiday, the vast majority did so from behind the wheel. Add in all that wet weather in the mid-Atlantic, and many popular highways turned into parking lots. We were expecting about six and a half hours, and now uh, GPS says it's about nine. So the, uh, a few accidents along the way. Drivers did receive some unexpected holiday cheer at the pump, while higher than a year ago, gas prices dropping significantly from a month ago. So even though it is like eight to ten hours of drive, we were okay. It is a fun trip for kids also and it's a good family time. As for the next potential challenge for the airlines on the horizon, of course, guys, that's the Christmas holiday. Experts say you should be booking those flights at least 21 days in advance, which for many people is likely in the next couple of days. Put it back to you. Indeed. All right, Sam Brock, thank you. Uh, Dylan is in for Al. She's got a check at the, of the weather and the kind of the impact it's had this holiday. Hey, yeah. yeah. Hey, good morning, guys. And we uh, did see that wet weather create a lot of those delays yesterday. The good news is that storm system is pulling away. We're seeing the rain exit New England, just a few spotty showers left, some clouds back through the Great Lakes. But the next storm system is really going to wreak havoc on the south tomorrow. Here it is. Doesn't look like much right now, but this this storm is going to dive down, tap into some moisture from the Gulf of Mexico, and we could see a severe weather outbreak tomorrow across parts of southeastern Arkansas, northwestern Mississippi, northeastern Louisiana. This is an area we could see wind gusts up to 75 miles per hour. Long track tornadoes are possible, and some of those could happen after dark tomorrow night. So that is certainly uh, the next area we will be keeping a close eye on tomorrow. Savannah. All right, Dylan, thank you. And now to another holiday tradition, shopping. And shoppers set a new Black Friday record for spending. This Cyber Monday today might be even bigger. NBC's Emily Aketa covering it for us. Emily, good morning. Savannah, good morning. Cyber Monday is in full swing, and that means shipment facilities like this one are kicking into high gear. FedEx workers here are preparing more than 17,000 packages to push out from this facility today alone. This morning, shoppers nationwide are logging on and loading up their online carts with Cyber Monday deals. It's a lot easier to just shop online. With some of the steepest discounts of the season, today could shape up to be the biggest online shopping day ever, anticipated to rake in an estimated $11.2 billion. The surge in spending coming after shoppers already shelled out a record $9 billion online on Black Friday. I think I'm very excited about kind of how, how it's starting off and where we're going to be going from here. Some of the best bargains today, hot categories like electronics and toys. Most of my shopping is online, but I still love to shop in person. These days, retailers are trying to cater the shopping experience to customers. Best Buy giving us an exclusive first look at their new virtual store in Minneapolis. Since I'm in the virtual store right now, I can actually demo it for you. The store has no customers inside. This is a Nordic Trek 2450 here. Just employees answering questions and demonstrating products for shoppers at home. It's a competitive space this holiday season. How is Best Buy standing out? 
Well, it starts with convenience. And if you can save people time, they have an opportunity to go and do other things and spend time in other places. This gives them that. At the top of shoppers' wish list this year, deep discounts, with near record inflation straining families' finances. Trying to spend as little money as possible and get as many gifts as possible. And while consumers are still spending, some shipping carriers have seen a slowdown in demand, but they're hoping the holiday season will be a turning point. Our role is critical. There are really only three players in the world who do what we do. We take that responsibility very seriously. This is our Super Bowl. And the game is officially underway. Last year, we all remember those shipment delays that put a snag in our holiday shopping. But this year, industry experts from ShipMatrix are more confident that deliveries will get to consumers on time. An estimated 90 million packages expected to crisscross the U.S. every day through Christmas. Savannah. All right, Emily, here we go. Thank you. All right, let's move now to a rare site in China. Protests are spreading across that country. Thousands are taking to the streets, some even calling for China's president to step down. All of this amid rising frustration over the government's zero COVID strategy. NBC's Janice Mackey Frayers in Beijing with the very latest. Hey, Janice, good morning. Hoda, good morning. When we talk about zero COVID here, we're talking about restrictions that control every aspect of daily life. When you get COVID in China, you don't take a few days off work and ride it out at home. They track you down and they take you away to the hospital where you're isolated, your family is taken to a quarantine center, and you stay in the system until the system says you can leave. The problem is that the government hasn't scaled up vaccinations in the same way, meaning three years into the pandemic, most of the country still has very little experience with the virus. So the problem now facing Xi Jinping and the leadership is that there's no clear exit strategy. This morning, extraordinary scenes across China. Protests in multiple cities against the government's grinding zero COVID rules. From Shanghai in the east to Urumqi in the northwest, crowds swelled in defiance, spilling over to the heart of Beijing. We want to be friends! Chanting for freedom from the grip of a COVID policy that protesters say has worn on too long. They're calling for the end of lockdowns, the end of testing, all of the zero COVID measures that have ruled daily life here. The blank sheets of paper to protest censorship. The internet here scrubbed of any hint of unrest. The boldest public challenge yet for leader Xi Jinping. In Shanghai, surrounded by police, some protesters daring to call for him to step down. A move almost unheard of in China. They did it for everybody, says this woman in Beijing. The national outcry triggered by a deadly fire in Xinjiang that took hours to put out. The delay widely blamed on COVID measures there, where lockdowns have confined most people for months. Videos on social media showing candlelight vigils and shows of frustration. Unblock, they yelled in Chengdu, while in Guangzhou, they did knock down barriers. China's government has tried tweaking its zero COVID rules, but with cases near a record high, they're bearing down again. Quelling the unrest, now a challenge for the Communist Party, with no exit from zero COVID in sight.
So far, the leadership and state media have been silent on the protests, and foreign ministry officials today didn't directly address growing anger. So what's next isn't clear, but for Xi Jinping and the leadership here, it seems there are only hard choices. Hoda? Well, Janice, that was a, an eye-opening report there. Thank you so much. Also this morning, former President Trump under fire after he hosted a weekend dinner at Mar-a-Lago that included Kanye West and a known white supremacist. NBC's Garrett Haake has the story this morning. And Garrett, we're seeing criticism across the aisle this morning. Yeah, Savannah, that's right. Mr. Trump's dinner last week with the rapper formerly known as Kanye West and a prominent white nationalist and Holocaust denier named Nick Fuentes even drew the attention of the White House, which condemned it, and President Biden, who told reporters they didn't even want to know what he thought about it. And this Tuesday dinner at Mar-a-Lago has been roundly criticized by Jewish groups and by Democrats. Top Republicans have been mostly silent about it, with the exception of some GOP officials who may run against Trump in 2024. The former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, for example, said it showed an awful lack of judgment. Trump, for his part, says he didn't know Fuentes was coming and knew nothing about him. Well, let's talk about uh, politics and early voting starting in Georgia. The midterms roll on, at least in Georgia. Raphael Warnock facing off against Herschel Walker. What's the latest there? Another week of midterms, massive turnout so far in this first weekend of early voting down in Georgia. The Warnock campaign actually sued the state of Georgia and won to make sure that there would be early voting allowed on Saturday. And more than 70,000 people turned out to cast their ballots. Voters found lines stretching for blocks and blocks with hours long waits. Sunday was a similar story with nearly 90,000 ballots cast. Now, this race won't change the balance of power in the Senate, whichever direction it goes. But you wouldn't know that by the money being being spent by both parties or by the surrogates they're sending. President Obama will campaign for Raphael Warnock later in the week. Now, a win in Georgia would give Democrats an outright majority in the Senate and make things like confirmations for judges or ambassadors go more smoothly. Republicans hope Mr. Trump's hand-picked candidate, Herschel Walker, can improve on his November performance and keep the Senate knotted up at 50-50. Savannah? Yeah, no one got 50% in the initial election, so we're off to a runoff. It's December 6th. Garrett, we'll be watching. Thank you. Seven. 17 minutes past the hour. Let's check back in with Dill and get a check of the weather. Hey, Dill. Hey, good morning again, everyone. The weather for the most part today is fairly quiet. That storm system from yesterday is moving away. It's a little cooler behind that cold front, but back through the middle of the country, temperatures are beginning to warm up. The next storm system is developing back through the Cascades and up across the uh, mountains where we'll see some of the snow, maybe a foot of snow uh, across the, ca- uh, the Cascades going into today and tonight. But again, that's going to turn into the storm system. That's going to bring the potential for quite severe weather down south as we go into tomorrow. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Still ahead, University of Idaho students returning to campus today after the holiday break, but still no suspect or arrest in the murders of four classmates. And police are now pouring new resources into this two-week-old mystery. We will have the latest in a live report. Plus, inside Jay Leno's return to the comedy stage overnight, his first performance in suffering serious burns. We're going to hear from him, but first... This is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Seven thirty monday morning we're just t-minus two days away mm-hmm. from the lighting of the rockefeller center christmas tree lighting the scaffolding came down And now we're starting to see what a beauty she is. It is a beauty. That event, guys, Wednesday night. We've got a lot of fun musical guests, by the way, coming. Alicia Keys, among others. But first, this morning, we bring you our own Tom Yamas. Yes. I'm I'm lighting up the desk here. (laughs) You you guys are in hardcore holiday mood. You go straight from the parade to lighting the tree. Yeah. You're feeling it. We're rolling on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on. You can feel it. Catch the holiday spirit, my friends. All right. Let's check out our 730 headlines. We're going to start with some breaking news. The entire city of Houston, Texas, is under a boil water order this morning. A power outage at a city water plant caused water pressure to drop. It triggered contamination concerns. More than 2 million people are impacted. Officials say water used for drinking, for cooking, washing hands, brushing teeth, should be boiled for at least two minutes before you use it. In addition, all classes at Houston Public Schools have been canceled today. Officials say the boil order will remain in effect until at least tonight. Breaking overnight, a massive fire in the historic seaport village of Mystic, Connecticut. Firefighters from several nearby towns were called in to try and knock down those flames. At least two buildings were destroyed in this fire that was driven by the winds there. Several residents living there had to be evacuated. Thankfully, no reports of injuries this morning. The cause of the fire is under investigation. Let's talk about Moscow, Idaho. Classes are resuming at the university there in spite of this swirling murder mystery. Yeah, the investigation into who killed four students is now entering its third week. NBC national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez is here with the very latest. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hey, Huda, good morning. Authorities in Moscow say they've received hundreds of pieces of digital media are now combing through it all as they try to crack this case. But some students say they're too afraid to return to campus. This morning, what would typically be a bustling college campus with students returning from Thanksgiving break is instead shaken. It's been more than two weeks since four University of Idaho students were stabbed to death just blocks from campus. They were killed inside a rental house, while police say two others who lived there apparently slept through the attack. Still, no suspect and no arrests. Steve Goncalves is desperate for information about his daughter Kaylee's murder. They're kind of just telling me that they can't tell me much, which is frustrating. Investigators say they've already processed more than a thousand tips, but caution the case is complex and they're crowdsourcing more information from the community of Moscow, Idaho. So far, the FBI, which is assisting the investigation, says it's received more than 480 digital media submissions and Idaho's governor has set aside up to a million dollars in state emergency funds. 
There have also been questions about whether the murders could be linked to previous crimes in the region, but police say there does not appear to be any evidence of a connection to double stabbings in 2021 in Salem, Oregon, and 1999 in Pullman, Washington. Still, the University of Idaho is now allowing students who fear for their safety to finish the semester remotely. Some, like Megan Lawley, have decided to return to school for finals. She and her friends have made plans to take extra precautions to stay safe. Anxious, a killer is still on the loose. It's not finished and it's still a threat, um, in, in my opinion. So um, that's what's caused me to be most apprehensive. I um, have always been a very independent person and this has really shaken that for me. So, Gabe, you talked about remote learning for some kids. That's what the university is doing to help kids feel safe. But what else are they doing? Well, they've increased the security presence there. Local police have also stepped up. And the students we talked to said that they really couldn't go very far without seeing a security guard on campus. And also with so many unanswered questions in this case, organizers are planning a candlelight vigil for later this week. Okay. Gabe, your tears. Gabe, thanks. All right, just ahead, we'll turn our attention to the World Cup as Team USA gears up for a win-or-go-home match against Iran. But now there's new off-the-field drama surrounding that game. That story coming up in a live report. But first, Jay Leno's inspiring comeback returning to stand-up already just two weeks after being seriously burned. Jacob Soberoff is following that press. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Savannah. Inspiring is right. It's pretty right. I think we were all very worried when Jay Leno got those serious burns working on his car. He went back. He performed stand-up last night. We're going to tell you what he said, what the crowd had to say right after this. We are back uh, 739 this morning on In-Depth Today, an inside look at Jay Leno's inspiring recovery. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. Excellent news, right? I I think it was news we were all waiting for. I remember you said, Hoda, that you chatted with him, and we were so worried about how Jay was going to do. The comedy icon was back on stage overnight. He had those very serious burns. It seems so hard to believe that just two weeks ago he was being rushed to the hospital to receive treatment after that gasoline fire in his garage. He's back on stage making the crowd laugh at his ordeal. Hi, you guys. How are Overnight, Jay Leno arriving for a sold-out comedy show and poking fun at himself. Never thought of myself as a roast comic. Hey, thank you. The late-night legend performing stand-up at the Comedy and Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, California. His first set since suffering serious burns from a car fire in his garage just two weeks ago. We got two shows tonight, regular and extra crispy. Okay, thank you. While Leno made light of his accident, his injuries were severe. A source telling NBC News Leno was fixing a clogged fuel line on a 1907 white steam car earlier this month when a spark ignited the fire. His doctor says Leno had burns some third degree on 7% of his body, including his face, chest, hands, and left arm. Some of his injuries apparent while out for a drive in L.A. over the weekend. Everything's okay, you guys. The former Tonight Show host had to undergo surgery for a skin graft procedure and was hospitalized for 10 days. He's got a great attitude. He's got a very positive attitude. He's um, humbled by the amount of outpouring of affection. Welcome to another episode of Jay Leno's Garage. Tonight we're going to be talking about the white steam car. In 2012, Leno featured one of the antique automobiles possibly involved in the accident on his show, Jay Leno's Garage. One thing about a a white is it has to be surgically clean. There could be nothing stopping the fuel flow. Now, the comic's comeback, happening less than a week after he was seen smiling with hospital staffers before being released from the Grossman Burn Center. 
Well, he's very anxious to get out and get to work, but he also understands the seriousness of his injuries. He looked great and he had lots of stamina. His quick recovery and return to the stage, delighting fans. I mean, he came out, he was full of energy, smiling all the time, just told joke after joke after joke. As one of late night's well, most you, famous faces. I feel good. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> proving that perhaps yes, laughter really is the best medicine. It is, isn't it? We're told that Leno performed for more than an hour. He's scheduled to perform more shows in the coming weeks. I think everybody's going to be looking for those. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good to see him like that. Amazing yeah. spirit. I still can't believe it, though. Two weeks after yeah, that. look at him. Right. Popping right up on stage. right back. And right. we know he's mining it for material, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Jacob, you'll stick around for Popstar, but uh-huh. let's get a check of the weather from Dylan. Yes, and we do have the next big storm that's developing back through the Pacific Northwest. It's in the form of snow through the higher elevations, but this is going to be a major windmaker as it moves to the south and east. Now, it's also going to combine with some moisture from the Gulf of Mexico. It's going to create some strong storms likely tomorrow into tomorrow night. Keep in mind, down south, the sun sets at about 448. So a lot of these storms will happen in the evening after dark. And that's very dangerous when we're talking about long track tornadoes on the ground. We do have some uh, snow on the backside of it, but this is really going to be a rain and wind event for the East Coast. As we uh, look into Wednesday, there's the chance we could see wind gusts up to about 40 miles per hour. Out west, we'll see about three to six inches of snow in some of the higher elevations. We're looking like it'll pick up closer to about a foot of snow. As for rain down through the Gulf Coast into New Orleans, Jackson, Tuscaloosa. It looks like we could end up with about three to five inches of rain. For the uh, tree lighting in Rockefeller Center on Wednesday night, 8 to 10, the showers should be winding down, but wind is going to be the biggest concern. We're looking for wind gusts still at that point up to about 40 miles per hour with the showers coming to an end and then a temperature of about 49 degrees. Elsewhere across the country today, it's clearing out across the northeast and it's actually a little bit warmer than it has been lately back through the plains. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Coming up next, guys, William and Kate coming to America for the first time in nearly 10 years. And check it out, Keir Simmons, he made the trip here too. He's going to bring us all the details coming up right after this. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. We're back 748. We're getting ready for some royal frenzy on this side of the pond. Yeah, William and Kate, the newly named Prince and Princess of Wales, are set to make a high-profile visit to America just this week. I can almost see the Crown episode now, season 35. (laughs) Also making the trip from London 
our chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, mm-hmm. who will play Keir in the crown. Yeah, <laughs> that is the question. No quite that. royalty. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big deal. Yeah. I haven't been here since 2014. Yeah, exactly. Eight years. Uh, my children were two when they last mm-hmm. came here. Uh, they're calling it Kensington Palace, uh, uh, William and Kate's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very excited about it. It's the Earthdrop Prize. It's modeled on um, President Kennedy's moonshot. Uh, we're getting breaking news this morning. Billy Eilish, Rami Malek, uh, oh. a bunch of others will be there at the event on Friday. So it's going to be glittering and exciting. I think, too, we're going to be excited to see Catherine, Princess of Wales. It's the first time that they've been here as Prince and Princess of Wales. Well, since they come over here, of course, you're going to wonder, Harry and Meghan also live here in the United right. States of America. Is there a chance that they will, their paths will cross anywhere? Not a chance. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, will be here in New York for oh. that prize a, a week later. Uh, they won't see each other. Uh, clearly, uh, they there is an elephant in the room here about effectively, if you like, the competition between the two couples. But they won't talk about that. You won't hear about that mm-hmm. from them, obviously, or even the, the, the royal palaces, the officials around. And Harry and Meghan are coming a week later to get their own prize. Correct. Exactly. OK. Yeah. OK. And so. I mean, all of this is happening as Harry's book is getting ready to be released, yeah. his Netflix series is getting to be released. So yeah. what's the buzz there? <laughs> well, uh, there is nervousness yeah. in uh, the royal palaces about the potential for what that might uh, mm-hmm. mean. I think that they would say that their appro- approach is going to be to just get on with the job. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see uh, Kate and William really concentrate on mm-hmm. the, their causes, on, on mm-hmm. the, the charities that they're espousing with when they're here. But I do think it's going to be a sensation. I mean, yeah. Catherine, Princess of Wales, she's something of an enigma, isn't she? Yeah. she she's, she's really incredibly confident now, stepping into the role. At the same time, she's the mother that I see at times driving her kids to school when I drive my kids to school. Uh, So, you know, I think... Will it be as exciting as when Princess Diana would come to the U.S.? You'll make it exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. Whether it is or isn't, yeah. we'll be excited. Yeah. I love it. Here, I'll be with them. I'll be with them. I'll okay. be there in Boston with cool. them. Cool. All right. Tell them we said hi. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I'll let them know. Thank you, Kier. <laughs> Still ahead this morning, we're going to help you score the best Cyber Monday bargains ever. We've got money-saving advice from our superhero, Vicky Wynn, and a special steals and deals from our other superhero, Joe Martin. Plus, this is me now with J-Lo saying in the big reveal for her next album. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.